Welcome to Special Situation Investing, Episode 26. Today, we will look out several months into the future and discuss the recently announced spinoff of Vista Outdoors' sporting segment, scheduled for calendar year 2023. Vista Outdoor ticker symbol, VSTO, is a $2 billion market cap company that can be broadly divided into two parts. Part 1 engages in the sale of outdoor sporting equipment with brands like Camelback, Bell, Blackhawk, Bushnell, Giro, and Camp Chef, to name a few. Part two of the company, which will be renamed after the spinoff, encompasses Vista's sporting segment, which includes the following ammunition brands, Alliant Powder, CCI, State Cartridge, Federal Premium, Heavy Shot, Remington, and Spear. What caught my eye about this spinoff was the profitability of the sporting segment. Remember that the sporting segment is the bad part of the business that's being spun off and renamed, while the outdoor business will be retained and led by Vista's current CEO. To illustrate the difference in profitability, I would highlight that the sporting segment accounted for $1.7 billion in sales last year, with the outdoor division producing nearly as much in sales at $1.3 billion. Take those similar sales numbers, however, and note that the sporting division brought in $700 million in gross profit compared to only $400 million in gross profit for the outdoor division. The gross profit margin of the sporting segment in 2022 came in at a solid 41%, compared to 30% for the outdoor division. Given the superior margins of Vista Outdoor's sporting segment, why would the company want to divest it? In my opinion, Outside pressure to divest firearm-related companies is the driver in the decision. Consider the following. A recent USA Today article recounted Nevada's state treasurer, Zach Conine's, decision to divest from companies who profit from the manufacture and sale of assault-style weapons, as they present a market risk that I am not willing to take. If approved at the upcoming State Board of Finance meeting, Nevada would be the fourth state to take such action. Large public funds like the California Public Employee Retirement System, or CalPERS, control a tremendous amount of capital that, if they followed a similar path, could seriously restrict capital flows into publicly traded firearm companies. BlackRock, the world's largest investment company, is also moving to divest firearm companies. In a March 2018 press release, BlackRock made clear that they will offer their clients products that exclude firearms manufacturers and or retailers, and further, that they will engage with firearm manufacturers and retailers in which our clients are invested regarding business policies. Vista Outdoors is by far the largest publicly traded ammunition company in the U.S., The only other significant ammunition brand owned by a public company is Winchester, which is owned by Olin, a large chemical company. Winchester is a very small percentage of Olin's business, and it wouldn't surprise me if they spun Winchester out in years to come for the same reasons that Vista is spinning out its sporting division. Given the size of Vista's ammunition business, it's a huge divestment target for socially conscious funds. Strom Ruger is the largest company uh, in the U.S. with a $1.2 billion market cap that's publicly traded, and despite its steady earnings, only commands a P.E. of 8. 
Smith & Wesson is the second largest publicly traded gun manufacturer at a 700 million market cap and sits at a PE of three. Now, granted, both companies generated record profits during the last two years, and they would trade at mid-teens to high-teen multiples if you use their lower earning numbers from 2018 and 2019. But a case can be made that the market is discounting both companies on a moral and ethical business and not a financial one. If the same discount were applied to Vista's sporting segment spinoff, it would create a buying opportunity for individual investors. For several reasons, I believe that the ammunition business is superior to firearms. For starters, ammo is much easier to manufacture and ship than are weapons. From design to manufacture to shipping and delivery, the process of shipping a weapon is significantly longer than is the delivery of ammunition. While some R&D goes into the development of new ammo, most of the industry's research is geared toward improvement of the weapon itself. Furthermore, assembly of the weapon is a more involved process than manufacturing ammunition. Consider how many sportsmen reload their own ammo versus the number who gunsmith their own firearms. Finally, shipping a weapon requires a background check on behalf of the purchaser and demands that the weapon first be shipped to a federal firearm licensed dealer or FFL intermediary, before the customer takes ownership of the weapon. Contrast that with the ease of ordering ammunition online and having it shipped directly to your home, without the background checks and FFL middleman, and you can see how much shorter the supply chain is from manufacturer to customer in the ammo space. At the risk of sounding like a broken record on inflation here, here is why the supply chain length matters. A business pays its input and labor costs up front, but its profit margin is determined by the markup on its product at the time of sale. In an inflationary economy, long supply chains and manufacturing timelines mean that input costs are rising throughout the supply chain delay and manufacturing timeline processes, and whatever markup the business charges is eaten up by increased input costs at the start of its next manufacturing cycle. The producer is constantly losing purchasing power as it creates goods and services and must turn around and constantly pay higher input costs to keep the business running. If you can shorten the timeline from input cost to sale and delivery, then inflation has less time for the owner's purchasing power to degrade before new input materials are purchased. A second reason the ammo business is superior to firearms is that ammo is a consumable and tailorable product. A well-made gun lasts for generations, but ammo, if used for the purpose it was created, is a high turnover item. A single weapon could shoot thousands of rounds of ammunition over its useful life, meaning that Smith & Wesson makes a single sale compared to the thousands of sales made by the ammo company. I also must mention that ammo is tailorable, and here's what I mean by that. At several hundred dollars for even a modest gun, that purchase can be a significant one, but ammo, on the other hand, can be purchased in very small amounts. This means that a customer without enough cash to purchase a new gun can easily pick up a box of 50 rounds of ammo, meaning that, again, the ammo maker makes a sale and Smith & Wesson does not. Higher sales on a higher margin item 
make for a better business, even if the item in question sells for a lower price than its lower margin, low turnover counterpart. Finally, a sizable chunk of Vista's ammo business is via contracts with military and law enforcement. In Vista's 2022 annual report, the company validated its support for military and law enforcement by stating that nearly 10% of their revenue was derived from that group. At this point, I make a few assumptions, but nothing that's too much of a stretch. For starters, I don't think that a great deal of that 10% of revenue comes from bicycle helmets or camping cookware in the company's outdoor division. It's safe to assume that most of that 10% is made up of ammunition sales. Now, because ammunition is around 50% of Vista's revenue, you could infer that about 20% of Vista's ammunition sales are military and law enforcement contracts. This matters for the very obvious reason that government spending tends to be unaffected by economic cycles. The NYPD will likely purchase the same amount of ammo in any given year because their training program demands it, regardless of broader economic factors. Additionally, military and law enforcement won't be affected by gun legislation that impacts private customers. Even if the ordinary person can't buy this or that type of ammo due to changing laws, the government will continue to purchase it to meet its training requirements. Now, why would an abandoned ammo company present an investment opportunity if the stock is oversold post-spinoff and forever after trades at a low multiple? Shouldn't we stick with the crowd and avoid it? I would suggest that, no, we shouldn't. In the spirit of Howard Marks, you can't say an investment is a bad one regardless of price. Even if the stock forever traded at a low multiple, if it generates high returns on capital, you may be able to make money just the same. The company could dividend out the profits slowly or could buy up its stock, leaving each shareholder with higher and higher earnings per share even as those earnings command a low multiple in the marketplace. With that said, I would contend that this spinoff is one to watch for a post-spinoff purchase. I have no real interest in owning the outdoor section of Vista Outdoors, so purchasing it prior to the spinoff doesn't accomplish much for me. Furthermore, I anticipate a lot of institutional selling of the ammo business post-spin for all of the reasons listed above. If the sporting division is oversold, down to a 2- or 3x enterprise value, or enterprise-to-free cash flow value, then I'll purchase shares in the company. I use enterprise value in this analysis because it adds the debt of the company to the total value and because we don't yet know how much debt Vista will dump onto the sporting division at this time of the spinoff. I'll keep an eye on this spinoff and provide an update as Vista releases more information. I expect that Vista will provide pro forma accounting statements out of the spinoff that show just how much free cash flow they expect the sporting segment to generate and guidance on the amount of debt that the spinoff will be saddled with. These two pieces of information should be enough to value the company and determine a buy price ahead of the spin. With that, I hope you learned something in today's analysis of the pending Vista Outdoor spinoff. Remember, that you can always support us by signing up for Strike using the reference link on the podcast website or can donate directly via the Bitcoin QR code on the same site. As always, thank you for listening, and I look forward to bringing you another write-up next week.